It is Wednesday, August 16, 2023. Welcome to another edition of Baseball Today. Shout out to Chris Rose. He is on the grind doing some NFL Network stuff or Brown stuff. I'm not sure. It's some football stuff. But in his stead, Mr. Dirty Martini himself, Jolly Olive. Thank you for joining us. He's going to be here today, tomorrow, and the next day. We always love having you. Jolly, how are you, man? I'm good, man. I'm excited for my little baseball today vacation, little weekend trip, little three-day stay. I'm good. We got the Ampers here. They've been great. And I'm excited to talk some ball with my friend Trev. I appreciate the producer, Dan, along for the ride. I always forget to say that, Dan, I don't mean to, my guy. But let's get things started off. First, the tip of the cap. This is mm. how we always start the show off, Jolly. And I found one that I liked, and I'm going to prove by cultural relevance or my my knowledge of cultural relevance with this one. Okay, you ready? Excited. I'm so excited. Tip of the cap to Paul Skeen's number one overall uh-huh. pick from LSU makes his pro debut with the Pirates down there in high A. Uh, struck out two batters in a 16-pitch scoreless inning. Um. He threw 11 pitches for strikes out of 16. Look nasty, throwing 100 miles an hour up there, a nasty slider. Now, here's where I'm going to show my my knowledge of what's really going on. He's dating someone real famous. (laughs) So the internet thinks, and I don't know how to say her name. I believe it's Libby Dune. Libby Dunn. I knew whatever <laughs> Libby Dunn is a uh, a famous gymnast from LSU where Paul went to school. Some internet sleuths put together, uh, put two and two together. It turns out, I believe they're dating. So Paul makes his debut, does well. He's dating one of the more culturally relevant athletes out there in Libby Dunn. Tip of the cap, big guy. That's how you start your pro career off. Nicely done, Trev. You're with the kids, man. You get it. She's famous, famous. Even I know I, who she is. So, so I've heard. You know, I'm not super familiar, but I, I'm pretty sure she's famous, famous. Okay. Well, tip of the cap to that guy. Do your thing. He looks absolutely nasty. He's a stud. Now, with some bad news, uh, definitely bad news. Uh, we're going to talk Shane McClanahan here. He will undergo Tommy John surgery on Monday and likely miss all of next season. He joins Baz. Rasmussen, Jeffrey Springs on the list of Rays to have major surgery this year. Now, with all these guys gone, Jolly, my question to you is, do you still see this team as a true World Series contender? You know, that Trey, that's a great question because I, I thought for a while going into the season that the Rays X factor this year was like, hey, like this team has a formidable rotation. And I feel like all we talk about is, oh, they use the opener. They have... 12 guys in the bullpen. That's how they win. This year, they had five guys that I think were real quality ace caliber pitchers. And that rotation has been absolutely depleted. And since their crazy month of April, where they went undefeated, like you and Jake say, I'm pretty sure they're just a couple games over 500. They've really crashed back down to earth. All their guys that were having breakout years are still going strong. Isak Paredes has been great. Luke Rayleigh, all those guys. But at the end of the day, Starting pitching wins championships. And I, I loved their Savali trade. I loved the Eflin signing. The question becomes, is it going to be enough in October? And if you're telling me that they're going to go without their ace, Shane McClanahan, who I was really hoping to see prove himself in the second half this year, his thing has kind of been second half regression and, you know, the taxing state of throwing so many innings in a season. This feels like a big time gut blow for them. And I, it feels like a big opportunity for, the Jays and Houston to maybe leapfrog and get themselves in a better position. Um, 
but you can never count out the race, obviously. And I know that's a little sports radio talk, but they're just, they're too good and they're too smart to really count out. I think they're still going to be there in October, but maybe not the top wildcard seed. That was my question, I guess, to you to follow up. Do you still have them as a playoff team at least, right? I do. I still have them in the dance. Okay. So for me then, if we got them in the dance, I think they still are World Series contenders just because of the way that they play baseball and the way that they can win games. That offense can take over a series at any given point. Now, they came out real hot. Some guys have cooled down a little bit for the most part. You know, that's a vaunted raised lineup still. If you go, you know, check on what they're leading in, they're still leading in a lot of different categories here. Um, they're fourth in runs, uh, fourth in OPS. I mean, that's 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 an offense they can get it done. Now, you mentioned, you know, the starters, you know, a lot of them are out, but still, I think they have enough once they get into the dance to be able to do it. Them coming into the season with like a, a five man rotation never felt like raised baseball. That we're yeah. used to. We were lauding them saying like, wow, it's it's the Rays, but with a five-man rotation, what are they going to do? Right. And, you know, they got up to that really good start, uh, and now they're dealing with the injuries. But the depth, I think, is still there. The Savali trade is proving to be massive for them. But if Glassdown can stay healthy and Eflin can stay healthy and they kind of do so. their things. So you got Savaldi, Glassdown, Eflin, Latell is now, you know, kind yeah, of been thrust into a, a starts. I, I don't really know. I mean... If, if that's very raised, it seems more like raised to me. Um, you put this team in a playoff series. I still think there's, I still think they're a true World Series contender because of how dynamic they can be on on both sides of the ball. Like the the injury to McClanahan obviously hurts their chances, but I'm not taking them out of. And I, I really feel like it's World Series or bust for this raised team. I I, yeah. I I think the organization is. It's not playoffs anymore, and that's okay. It's like I they want to win one. I know the front office does. I know they believe in this team, and I still think they can. And I, I definitely agree. I mean, they're going in with without, you know, a face in their lineup and a face in their rotation, but going in with Glass now and the other two, Eflin, and I, I mean that's still a formidable way to win a three game, a five game set. I'm really curious to see how it how it progresses when they get deeper in the playoffs if they do make that run. But it, it, it really does come down to Tyler Glass now for me. I mean, this is a guy that's that's battled so many injuries in his career. I believe he hasn't he hasn't thrown over 100 innings since 2018. And if he stays mm-hmm. healthy for the rest of the season, he's on pace to set a career high in innings. And that's exactly what the Rays need right now. They need him to be great. And that's exactly what he's been since he's gotten back. I think his last six starts I have here, 38 innings, a 1.63 ERA, struck out seven in at least all of those starts. That's how you replace McClanahan, who's usually been your first half god of the rotation here. And you know the offense is going to bang. Like Yandy Diaz has been terrific this year. He's going to be getting MVP votes, Paredes, all these other guys. Like it's it would be foolish to count the Rays out. I just think I had them higher in the pecking order before all these things happened. Does the Wander situation muddy the waters? Obviously, if he's not there, does that does that change and bring him down another tier for you? I th- it's it's not so much like oh what's the lineup going to do now because they're still going to bang. I think it's more like a clubhouse thing. Like how did how does your clubhouse recover from one of the guys that's supposed to be a leader of that clubhouse being absent for who knows how long? It's kind of an indefinite amount until this investigation comes to a close. These guys who are you know some of them rookies, some of them younger players who haven't really proven themselves yet or are getting the first chance to, they're going to have to band together and kind of support each other and be their own support system here. And the pitching staff is going to have to hold it together for these final six weeks that we got. 
I wonder how much of a leader Wander's actually been. He's only 22 years old. Sure. We've known there's been some clubhouse issues with him even prior to the allegations that he has now. Um, I'd like to ask some people that. Yeah. I'd venture to say no, that it's more of you know, the older guys in the clubhouse uh, are kind of running things. But obviously, Wander's a hell of a ball player. So that does make a difference. Let's see what they uh, Moving on, away from the injuries, away from the Rays, we're going to talk about disappointments this year, Joel. I don't like to be negative on this show, but sometimes you got to, man. Yeah, the Mets, your Mets, the Padres, the Cardinals, the Yankees, they were all projected to win between 89 and 95 games before the year started. They've all been huge disappointments. Who's your most disappointing out of that four-team group? I mean, they're all immensely disappointing i i i I treat it in in different degrees based on when did we stop caring about you so cardinals i kind of stopped caring about the cardinals at the end of may felt like it was the end felt like there was no path mets i clicked out once they sold the deadline they cut the string they said hey you don't have to you don't have to keep rooting for us this year come back next year we're retooling they let me off the hook so for me it comes down to padres and yankees because these two teams were not able to admit to themselves that this season is a potential failure. And they either did nothing or bought in even more and depleted the farm system even more. And since the deadline, they've both played really, really rough baseball. The Yankees have only beaten the Royals. I think that's their last series win in the past month or so. The Padres are down to six games under 500. They're kind of, you know, knocking on the door of the Mets record, which is not a good spot to be in, especially considering the Mets sold. So for me, it comes down to those two. And I I think I'm going to have to say the Padres just because second or third largest payroll, you bought in more at the deadline. And for them, they don't, they don't have the injuries to blame. They don't really have the, the results to blame either. They're getting amazing seasons from Blake Snell and Michael Walker and Josh haters having a career year. All the results are there. And I look up and down this roster stats wise and okay, I say, okay, the numbers click in my brain. Is this team three, four games over? And we talked a little bit about this before the show. It's, it's the record in one run games, six and 19 and the record in extra innings. Oh, and 10. If you flip half of those games, the other way, the entire outlook of the season changes. And you said something that I really agree with before the show of, you know, we kept expecting things to return or regress to the mean you know, time's ran out on that, man. We got six weeks yeah. left. Things are not changing. You got to win every ball game you can, and they keep they keep losing the close ones, and it's it's going to kill them in the end. Oh boy, yeah, we could we could spend a lot of time on the Padres, and I think for me, like yes, they're disappointing, but they're more of an enigma to me because I don't I just don't understand what happens, and so I I, I could see how that makes them the most disappointing. Uh, the Yankees, I never really like loved this team. Uh, going into the season, I thought I thought it was a top-heavy lineup with a, uh, you know, a lot of people were like saying the rotation was going to be good. I, I wasn't super sold on that either, and they just without Judge, I mean, it's they just don't have much, and that's been proven time and time again. He proved them, you know, when he put them on their uh, put up the team on his back last year, and now yeah. he's gone, and they just can't they can't get anything done. So Jimmy and Jake are mad at the wall. In mm. Los Angeles, still, uh, for me, it's the Cardinals, man. I just huh? coming into the season, the moves that they made, um, I, I just love the roster so much, and I think the reason they're the most disappointing for me is because a lot of it stemmed from clubhouse stuff, and this yeah. is 
a team that's famously known for having a tight clubhouse and you have guys like Yachty and Wainwright kind of manning the ship there. The Yachty gets out of there and all of a sudden all hell breaks loose. We got Aldi Marmol and Tyler O'Neill fighting right at the beginning of the season. They mm. bring Jordan Walker up to start the year and then they send him down when he's hitting like 273. They had a, they've had a log jam of outfielders at the big league level into AAA and they've done nothing to get rid of that log jam. I just think they've, they've, Twiddled their thumbs on moves um, until they had to at the trade deadline. They got rid of some guys, so I will applaud them for that. But it's this team is way too talented. And you might point to their starting pitching and say, "Oh, they never really had enough." But I I don't buy into that. I think they're disappointing to me because it seems like maybe they have issues that could kind of easily be fixed by a cultural change or just bringing Yachty back in the fold somehow, somehow convincing him to come back. But Ali Marmol to me has been just disappointing as a manager. And and that's what you do as a manager is you manage personalities and people in the clubhouse. And I, I just don't think he's done a good job and it started out poorly and it never, they never caught their footing. Not once never. this year did they catch their footing. So I had high expectations for this team. Like just thinking about Arenado and Goldie on the corners and just, I don't know. I thought it could be their year. Uh, and it just, it just never was. No, so for that reason, they're, they're the most disappointing to me. I, I, I like that you went with that pick. Cause I think Mets totally valid in picking them as well with the, the payroll and all that. But I think the Cardinals, I found disappointing just cause we, we, we just kind of expect them to win the central every year. Like I don't, they don't win every single year, but they've been in the dance. I think the past eight or nine seasons consecutively. Uh, and the offense is still here. I know they're kind of playing garbage time baseball now, but their entire lineup is above league average at this point. Wilson Contreras, all we heard about how much of a disaster that signing is going to be. He's up to a 120 OPS plus at the catcher position. That's one of the best marks of any catcher in baseball. Uh, Goldschmidt did a thing. Lars Newpar, everyone picked him out to be this breakout guy. Turns out that everyone was right. 130 OPS plus. For me, it comes down to them not developing pitching. They relied on Wayno one more year, I think probably one year too late at this point. And uh, a big one for me has been Matthew Liberatore, who I think was the guy involved in the Randy trade, I want to say, or one of the big trades for an outfielder. Yeah, it was Randy. And he just hasn't panned out in a big way. And they they have a lot of things on their plate this coming offseason. One of them being, how are we going to build a rotation basically from scratch? Because I think their only returning guy is going to be uh, Miles Michaelis. So I'm very curious to see how big they spend this offseason, whether it's going to be a longer rebuild or if they're going to try and compete pretty much instantly again, which I believe their GM said they would. But if you want to talk about hot seat managers, I think Ali Marmol's top of the list, man. That that crop of young managers like Jace Tingler and all those other guys, I think they're on their way out and Marmol might be the last of them to go. But yeah, man, it's it was a it's a colossal disappointment from a, a, a division that could have been wide open for them to take this year. And that happens so fast with those young managers getting out of the game. Now we're bringing the old dudes back. Uh, Cardinals last losing season, Jolly. Were you even born in 2007? Yes, I was, sir. Oh, you were? You were? Okay. That was 2007, Jolly. Crazy. 2007 was her last losing year. It's going to be. Years. And they're on the hunt for the worst record in baseball. The tank is on, baby. Let's Unbelievable. Go. Okay. And this one is brought to you by Nutrafol. They're the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. And this has come at a great time for me as I turned 37 and I got these locks going. I feel a little bit of thinness here in these alleys. 
So Nutrafol is in my life at the perfect time. I'm definitely going to give them a try. The reason I like it, it's drug-free. They have patented technology that provides consistent, reliable results, and it does not compromise your sexual health, which is very important to me and I'm sure important to you as well. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code BB today. That's BB today. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men spelled N U T R A F O L.com slash men and enter pro- promo code BB today. That's B letter B letter B today. That's Nutrafol.com slash men promo code baseball today. Go get you yours. Get that thick hair, man. Get it back. Shout out Nutrafol. Thank you, guys. Let's move on to someone who has not been a disappointment. Yusai Kikuchi. Mm. I did not say that right. Has not been a disappointment. Like I just said, he goes six innings pitch, four hits, seven Ks, one earned run against the Phils to get the win. It's his 13th start of allowing one run or fewer, which leads all of baseball. Mm. Uh, with his dominance and the rest of the Jays roster looking good, Bichette's on his way back. Are they the team that like no one is talking about but probably should be talking about? You know, that's that's a great question too, man. Cause I mean, you know, I think that they're in the dance right now. They're I think 13 games over 500. They're right there, but they've not they haven't really gone on that torrid stretch that I think a lot of us were expecting. And I don't know about everybody else listening, but when I think of the Blue Jays from a very general thought, I think, oh, crazy lineup, banging the ball over the field, all that. And really, their key to success this year has been a really rock-solid rotation that has stayed healthy. They have four different guys who have made at least 20 starts, and all of them with an ERA under 4 or under 3.5. You have Bassett, who devours innings. I loved watching him on the Mets last year. Barrios, quietly, is no longer a point of scrutiny for anybody. He's been terrific this year. He's making it look like he's worth that money. Gosman, sneaky Cy Young candidate. I believe he's third in AL war right now. He's in that conversation with all, you know, Cole, McClanahan no longer because he's injured. And then Kikuchi, the guy who we were just talking about, who wasn't great last year, kind of looked like, you know, money not well spent for them. And he's turned in a terrific season, maybe his best season ever, really, really quietly. So that one through four, if you're going into a playoff series, that's that's a tough one through four to conquer because every day they're just getting six quality innings from those guys. So for me, if the Blue Jays are going to go, and I think they have an opportunity to do so, a big piece of it is, one, getting Bo Bichette back as quickly as he can because he was their best hitter before he he left, and he still is, and getting Vladdy to start hitting the ball out of the ballpark. This is a Blue Jays lineup that doesn't have a single 20 home run hitter. That's incredible to me. I don't understand how that happened. Uh, And I mean, they're all putting up quality numbers, but I think their MVP caliber guys, Chapman and Guerrero, they need to start playing like it. Yeah, I think that's where the biggest uh, drop-off has been from the, for them has been their power numbers offensively. Yeah. You know, they're fifth in average, sixth in OBP, um, excuse me, but they are 16th in runs, 15th in homers. So you're looking at right, right at average. They're below average in those very important statistics. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think if they do get some power here at the end of the year, which could come, I, I, I really, really like this team. But the bullpen – has been incredible for them all year. They add Hicks there. A lot of the moves that they've made lately have been great. They bring in Brandon Belt. He's had a great year. Dalton Varsho, I know his offensive numbers aren't great, but he plays a hell of an outfield defense. Uh, so that shores that up out there. I, I, I like this team, and 
I wanted to pick them to win the World Series uh, this year. I end up going with the Phillies. I like the I like to lose the World Series and then get back to it the next year type thing. Yeah, uh, this is one of the more complete rosters in all of baseball, man. And I feel like they just kind of been, you know, swimming towards the surface, never really peeking their head above the water. Like they're just kind of they're there. We know they're going to be in the postseason, but like you said, they haven't gone on any substantial runs where we say, "Oh man, like this team is about to freaking go." And 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 they're we never put them on the top tier with the Braves, the Dodgers, the Astros. We just don't do it. I think this team has the roster to compete with those teams. And I think once they get into the playoffs, I think a lot of people are going to remember just how dangerous this team could be, especially in Toronto, man. Like yeah, man. That's going great. up there and trying to win games is 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 tough. And I, now I got to go check their record at home because I, I mean, just made a big statement. A couple things. I mean, one, I think – the best trade that they made was I think a, a DFA trade when they got Genesis Cabrera from the Cardinals who we were just talking about Yeah, 11 and a third innings, no earned runs out of the pen so far. And I, I just think that this team has a chance to thrive because I feel like they're not in the spotlight as much this year, 2021. They, they surged in the second half there. I think they fell a game short of the playoffs. 2022 is all about the last year was the trailer. This year's the movie. Let's really go. And they make the playoffs and they, they kind of fizzle out really quick. And I feel like we I haven't talked a lot about them this year. I haven't watched a ton of them this year. And they've just quietly put together a really solid season. And I think if they if they just punch their ticket at the five or six seed, who the hell knows what can happen, man? Longest win streak this year was six at home. Jolly. Mm-hmm. Only 32 and 26. They're actually playing better ball on the road. They're 35 and 28. So the winning percentage is higher on the road, just barely. I would not have guessed that. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I still think it's a very different. In the playoffs is is different. Yep. We just watched Joey Bats uh, go back and get his number retired or put in the Hall of Excellence. Um, And you get reminded of what that place sounds like and feels like in a postseason atmosphere. So I I like this team. I think they're going to go far. All right. Next question up. And this one's kind of a fun one. Uh, Matt Olson slugging 802 with runners in scoring position. He leads the MLB in homers with 43. He's driven in 107 runs. It's August 16th. It's nuts. We have six weeks of baseball left to play. He still has those counting stats. He's doing it. Uh, he's going off. Uh, is there any chance that he catches his teammate Acuna for MVP? And if not him, what about Mookie and Freddie? Do you think mm-hmm. anyone's catching Acuna Jr. this year? I mean, let me just say this Braves Dodgers NLCS is going to be amazing because that's I that's hope. I hope. That's what we're I getting. Hope. Everyone can play. We can have fun with the Marlins and the Phillies and the Giants. It's Braves and it's Dodgers. It's the class of the National League, and they both have two. Honestly, I think it would be really really cool if the top four of NL MVP voting are the two teammates from both these teams because that's how it should be, man. At the end of the day. My lights just turned off. That was crazy. But also, man, leads the league in slugging, leads the lead in OPS, 43 home runs at 107 RBIs. No major league baseball player has more. And I always felt that last year when I got to watch him play in those Mets Braves games a ton, that he was great, but he's going to have this, this kind of first year turnover where he's getting used to a new league, a new division, a new city. And once that sophomore season hits, he's really going to go. Cause I feel like we've seen that a lot with a lot of the big deals and big contracts that us happened recently but man i didn't i did not expect anything like this matt olson is having an amazing season and i think every team that was in the market for his trade is feeling so foolish right now for not giving up more to get him 
He's he's been incredible. I actually posed this question uh, to Braves fans on Talking Baseball. I said, you know, give me like the percentage of how much you love Freddie and how much you love Olsen. Like, do you mm. just love Matt Olsen more now than Freddie Freeman? Because Freddie's a a massive figure in Atlanta still. Like, of course. Like, I mean, he was on his way to a statue, and I don't think he's a statue guy there anymore. And Matt Olson might be a statue guy. He's from Georgia. He signed on. They trade him. He signs the extension to play there. They have the teams they have that they're going to have with Matt Olson. Like they're going to be competitive every single competitive is not even the right word, Jolly. They're going to be incredible Dominant. with Matt Olson in his prime. Uh, so I, it was interesting that the comments, a lot of them were like, I, I love them. It's like the, your kids, you love both yeah. of them equally. Trev, uh, I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a big statement here, man, because I I've watched right. a lot of Braves baseball this year, and they're they're doing they're doing this insane winning without basically most of their rotation healthy. This Braves team has a chance to put the '90s Braves in dust because that '90s yeah. team is widely considered to be one of the best stretches any franchise has had. They got one World Series. They were in it every year. This Braves team, man, I don't, I don't see how any National League team can conquer them. Even the Dodgers, who were, were singing their praises about Freddie and Mookie right now, they're just a different animal. And a, a lot of the Yankees fans in office are getting to watch them really for the first time this season, watching the Yankees just get dismantled by them. Dismantled. The Braves do this on a nightly basis, man. They beat you in every facet of the game. Defense, hitting, pitching, whatever it is, they will beat you. And it's mostly because they have two MVP candidates hitting first and fourth in their lineup, man. As far as the question about can anyone catch Acuna Jr., <clears throat> I think they can, and I think it's more it's more it's more likely Freddie or Mookie can catch him than Olsen can catch him. Um, some of the stuff that Acuna is doing with his legs and just his overall game is incredible. He doesn't ever really rate out uh, well defensively uh, because he kind of gets bad jumps, mm. uh, but he makes up for it. He's got a great arm, so like there's different metrics that you can go to that paint him in a better light. Some, some paint him in a very negative light defensively. Um, but I think he's, he's the clear number one right now. Uh, but Freddie and, and Mookie have a chance and you're right. I think we might be seeing the four top MVP getters in that NLCS, but we have to mention our guy, Kim. Yeah. On Kim has to be in this discussion because we'll be mad if we don't mention him. What an incredible season he's had. And you gotta be so stoked for the guy who like, had his position kind of like uprooted and not yeah. sure where he was going to play. And then all of a sudden now he's like, no, I'll, that's, I'll be playing there. That's my position. I'm going to be the best player on the team. You love that. I mean, people bring up a ton of like, oh my God, the Braves have Acuna on this steal of a contract. Like they're not paying him anything. Hassan Kim making 8 million this year. I think he's a free agent next year. They got him for so cheap. It's, it's maybe the best signing that Preller made. I mean, it's all these flurry blockbusters to fill out their infield. Hassan Kim has had, an incredible season, but I just think it's going to come down to is your team making a deep run? Are they going to be taking the spotlight? And it's, it's going to be Braves and Dodgers. I, I don't see the path for the Padres, but uh, in terms of someone catching Acuna, man, I mean, you, if you're a first baseman winning MVP, you got to have like a special season. You got to be like a Ryan Howard type season back in 08 or even Goldie last year who had a, who had a terrific season. You got to be up to that echelon. I, I do believe Matt Olson's there, and I do believe Freddie Freeman's there. So I think voters are going to have a tough time. It's going to be interesting. 
Um, Hassan Kim, seven million this year, eight million next year. The year after that, there's a mutual option, so he's still okay. in San Diego next year as well. But yeah, you know, snaps for him because he's just, I mean, my goodness, man, have a year, sneaky. Fifteen bombs, eight twenty four OPS, one thirty OPS plus to go along with elite defense. Give him that gold glove. Twenty seven bags, awesome, man. Twenty seven bags, let's go. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. All right, and last but not least, you know, we always kind of end with some funny stuff here. Uh, a Dodgers fan named his newborn son's middle name after Mookie Betts. That's because he told Mookie he would do that if Mookie hit a homer for him, and Mookie had some fun stuff to say. That's awesome. What's going on, guys? I just, uh, something pretty neat happened, and I wanted to share this story. So back a couple weeks ago, I was on deck and this guy was started talking to me and he said, Mookie, if you hit a home run, I'll name my daughter, her middle name, Mookie. And I heard this and I, I laughed and he said he was serious. And so I turned around and told him, nah, don't do that, bro. Don't, don't do that. And he said, no, nah, I'm going to do it. And I said, your wife wouldn't like that, bro. Don't do that. He said, no, nah, I'm going to tell her. So I think he, was, he may have been on the phone with her. So then that at bad as when I hit, I think the first home run I've hit in my career. And so I circle the bases, come back um, and give him a fist bump. There's a little video of, of it. I thought it was super cool. And then like a couple weeks later, I see on Twitter, the birth certificate for Francesca Mookie Mancuso. <laughs> Shout out to you, Giuseppe. Uh, I can't wait to meet Francesca. And uh, that's going to be my girl. That's going to be my girl. So I thought that was pretty neat. Y'all go follow follow Little Ragu 54 Shout out Giuseppe, bro. I love that. I, I, I like the name Mookie, by the way, for a middle name. And oddly enough, growing up, my uncle, I mean, I was a kid, eight years old when this was going on. His dog was named Mookie. You know, I, I was a beautiful golden up. retriever. Cause like, I love Mookie as like a pet name. Cause I think it's so fun. And I'm glad it's middle name and not first name, but still like if I'm Giuseppe, that's a pretty sweet deal, man. Mookie shouted me out. He said, he's going to be boys with my daughter. Like that's, that's pretty cool. All right. The question is, and this is to end the show. So you know, you better mm. crush this one. Okay. Who's the guy in the big leagues right now that you'd most want to name your unborn child after? It's got to be an iconic name. It's got to be like a baseball name. And Mookie is a, is a really good example. I'm kind of sad that I can't pick that. Should I should I be biased? Give me one. I think I'm going to be biased. I'm going to say Francisco, man. It's hot in the streets. I got two great Franciscos on my team. My son, if I want him to be a ball player, I got to name him Francisco Olive. Rolls off the tongue well. Francisco Olive. <laughs> I love it. Um, I wouldn't name my son after any of these dudes in the big leagues. Get out of uh, here. Trev Jr. But I, w- I my next dog, I think I'm going to, if or if I get a dog, my kids really want one, Longo is going to be. My oh, dog. that's really good. Yeah, like Pongo from Dalma- uh, 101 Dalmatians, like but that. Longo instead. That's how you can spin yeah. it. Let's go. Yeah. Shout is out that, Longo. Is that is that too much brown nosing friend to friend? Like if Longo comes over, he's like, oh, nice new dog. What's his name? Like, are you no, he knows. Tell him? No, he knows how I feel about him. I love Longo. He's my idol, so no problem doing that. All right, good. 
All right. I appreciate everyone sticking with us. Jolly will be back tomorrow and Friday while C Rose is fulfilling his NFL stuff. Um, join us on the amp. Check us out. Watch what we're doing. Watch Jolly's video. And tomorrow we will be back on amp on YouTube to bring you baseball today. See you later.